0: Where three friends come together to talk about the stories behind the matches. I'm Matt. I couldn't manage a Wendy's. And I, Blaze Blues. Welcome to episode 227, Survivor Series 1996. Back to attack. To attack. <laughs> Who's back to attack?
1: Uh-huh. My assumption is uh, Bret Hart. That's actually a good, a good thinker, yeah. Uh, I, as soon as you said that, I was like, wait, who is back? Because, I mean, Brett, they've been teasing him coming back, but we haven't actually seen a match with him, right? That's right. We Very haven't. true. We saw, like, a, a remote promo, I believe, last time, mm-hmm. where, like, it was a cut a promo, but it wasn't, like, in the building, or if he was in the building, she he probably wasn't, we were supposed to, yeah. It was still, it wasn't like, yeah, it was like, I'll see you on Monday, Steve Austin, whatever. But I'm excited for Brett to be back. It's been too long. Who isn't excited for Brett to be back? Losers. (laughs) I mean, Shawn Michaels probably is, because... Owen. Somebody's over on this show.
2: Owen was not very happy to see or to hear or to know that Brett was back. Yeah. Didn't even pull up his damn knee pads. He's
0: pissed. So this is the 10th annual Survivor Series, produced by the WWF. It would take place on November 17th, 1996, from Madison Square Garden in, We're in the New garden. York City, New York. most important
1: building to this company, right?
0: An attendance of 18,647.
1: Nice. I assume that's basically the whole garden.
0: I would assume so. Yeah. You know, there might be a obstructed view seat up in this... Up in the top row or something like that. Yeah, it's not for sure. Build. I
1: mean, this is pre-Titantron, which takes up a lot more room than uh, this time period.
0: But even when they ran Madison Square Garden after they started doing Titantrons, they didn't really. I think they just used the scoreboard as the Titantron because. Oh uh, yeah, I remember. It'd be silly to try was to it, like. Two. What's the year? Cena comes back. Uh, because like literally, it's the same. It's, it's basically the same setup as what this show is.
1: Did it have cool doors that open? Uh, yeah, did. I think they did. <laughs> really? Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, it's still like, based on watching like the garden shows from like the '80s and stuff, it's like it doesn't really look like the garden. <laughs> but well, it's it's cool to be here. But like in my head, when I think of Madison Square Garden, I think of like, you know. 80s Madison Square Garden shows that I've mostly watched on YouTube where the production is uh, wrestlers in a ring. Yes. And coming out with, like, cops.
2: Yeah. A steel cage around the ring with
1: an islander jumping off the top of it. (laughs) And for some reason, everything looks brown, but I think that's just the technology at the time. (laughs) Sepia. But we are in
0: New York. Damn right we are. So Shane, did you do what you do?
2: Well... I attempted to do what I do. We are in New York. We are at Madison Square Garden. We are at Survivor Series, which is historically been one of my my favorites of the year. You now, R- WrestleMania was good. Royal Rumble was good, but there was always something from my childhood that drew me to Survivor Series. Yeah, you know, it usually set up a lot of storytelling that would take you into the Rumble and finish up at WrestleMania, or it would you know continue on a story that had just started at SummerSlam. But yeah, we are at msg and doing what i do i tried to find something similar to what you might be able to get at msg and hopefully have it be msg free at the same time so there's a lot of different culinary options currently at madison square garden you've got carnegie deli you've got one called kobayaki you've got avenue cantina you've got lavo meatballs polly g's pizza baked by melissa Tao sushi and then you've got the two that I decided to merge together into one. One known as Mike's hot honey, and the other I'm assuming this is pronounced Fuku or Fuku or Fuku, I don't know, F U K U. Which are two chicken places. One is a, a hot honey chicken. Fuku hot chicken. Is that how it's pronounced? Yeah, it's Fuku. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't for sure if the, the correct correct pronunciation. And you know, we're here in Oklahoma, so I gotta at least say it wrong a few times before I can say it right.
1: No the first time. Yeah, you said Fuku first. Fuck yeah, Um, Fuku. (laughs) Did I say it wrong that time?
2: No, I did with my fuck yeah instead of Fuku. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. (laughs) Fuku.
2: But yeah, there is Mike's Hot Honey and there is Fuku, so I uh, merged them together and found here in Oklahoma City and I guess other places around the world or at least around the country a place called Dave's Hot Chicken. Dave's started out. In California? Let me read the real story here from their website. Let me get into my storytelling, Matt voice.
1: Oh, that's pretty good.
2: Dave's hot chicken was created by best friends Dave Capuchin, Armand Augustin, and Tommy and Gary Rubinian. Dave, a chef trained in Thomas Keller's French Laundry Organization, set out to create the perfect hot chicken by searching, tasting, and frying. The four friends scrounged up $900 to put a tiny stand in an East Hollywood parking lot. The menu was simple, and the chicken was the star. Sourced and prepared to be the juiciest and most tender chicken imaginable, each piece is topped with Dave's signature mix of spices, ranging from no spice to the reaper. Yeah, it it started off as just this little, little shack that caught some social media buzz, and then Eater LA showed up. Basically, the next day, and how much
0: do you hate, have to hate fine dining to leave French Laundry to go cook fried chicken?
2: Hey, you, you got to find your start somewhere. You know, some people start from the bottom and work their way up. This one apparently started at the top and worked their way back to street food.
1: Hey, if you can sell, it worked. if you make one thing really well, then you don't really need that big fancy menu. Exactly.
2: But yeah, Eater LA showed up. Uh, after their their first couple of nights and then the day after they put out a little little buzzfeed uh, talking about how East Hollywood's late uh, late night chicken stand might just blow your mind and instantly lines spread around the block. They've been going strong since then. They've got uh, a wave of celebrity investors ranging from Drake, Samuel L. Jackson... Uh, The former first lady of California, Maria Shriver, Michael Strahan, and Boston Red Sox owner, Tom Warner. Eclectic group. Right?
0: Some motherfucking chickens (laughs) in this motherfucking restaurant.
2: Yeah, super tasty, super juicy, flavorful. Uh, We got a a little bit of variety. Matt went with the uh, mild light. Michael went with the... felt dangerous. Right? Bringing out his inner dark winged duck. Yeah, I didn't know it was going to be hot
1: chicken, but I was like, well... I can do hotter, but we gotta talk. <laughs> Can't have it be over here with the hiccups. They're topped with a little kale slaw,
2: what's known as Dave's sauce, which is, I'm guessing, similar to like a cane sauce in a way. Uh, mixed in with everything, it's pretty damn tasty. Came with some honey on the side that I drizzled on here. I got the medium and the hot just to see the difference between the two. But yeah, it's super juicy, super flavorful. And they're, for, for being what's known as sliders, they are a whole lot bigger than I was expecting because yeah, I was expecting like, just a little teeny tiny slider that would be...
0: These are two Chick-fil-A sandwiches. Yeah, um,
2: absolutely. There's the reference, yeah. Because yeah. I, don't, I don't know Chick-fil-A. I don't support them because
1: they don't support me. <laughs> you're not missing much. <laughs> this is definitely better than Chick-fil-A. Yeah,
2: if, you, uh, if you're in the mood for a, a hot chicken sandwich, pickles, slaw, sauce, good chicken, go to Dave's. Try it out. I mean, if they made it to Oklahoma
1: from California, they're probably in your state, too.
2: The one in Oklahoma City is located in uh, Bricktown over on Johnny Bench, Johnny Beach Boulevard, something like that. But yeah, I'm going to do like I normally do to finish this up by taking a bite in front of the microphone. So no crunch, but here goes.
1: That was vile sounding. Squishy. (laughs) That's fucking good. Yeah, it's wonderful. One of the better hot chicken sandwiches I've had. Mm -hmm. I feel like they always, like, maybe they just, since they don't clean their fry oil enough, or it feels like it's always a little overcooked, Mm -hmm. and the chicken's kind of dry, and sometimes it's too hot to be enjoyable. And I can handle spice. They make it extra hot, so you have to drink more to cover up for the fact (laughs) that the chicken's actually dry.
0: I am a weenie, noted noted Mm -hmm. on this show. But the, what was it, Mild. Mild, light mild, mild. Light mild, like, is probably less than what a spicy chicken sandwich is at Chick-fil-A. Yeah, I mean, just, I got... Just so, for reference. Yeah, mine was medium, and I was like, I definitely could have went spicier, because... So far,
2: I've only taken... Well, here, I've got two in front of me. Let's try the hot while we're at it, just to see the flavor difference.
1: There was a lot of different... What was the first
0: uh, one you took uh, about Medium. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, medium. Nothing to... Not the kind of spice that would... uh there's definitely more heat in the hot, but it's not it's
2: burning. They've got an extra hot and then they have a reaper also above this one, so
1: Yeah. If I went again I'd probably go hot. Extra hot. It's like at that point sometimes they're just like, Okay, you want extra Are hot? So they just like your food? they just like dust it with like straight cayenne pepper and it's like, Well, what's the even what's even the point
0: here? Right. But something that would happen right around the same time as Survivor Series ninety six. We got a new number one song. Oh, in the be? country, Black Street with no diggity. About to bag
1: it up. That's, that's that song. Thought I was right.
0: Well, I was searching the the brain for like the next line. Right? Oh I like, yeah, it's not I happening. think
1: it's the it's end of happening. like that it's part just of the song. Repeating, yeah. bag it up. Bag it up. Yeah.
2: I like the way you work it.
0: No diggity. They it say back or pad. I won't say it says bag. That's what I always I heard.
1: See. No diggity lyrics. What is the other song of theirs? I mean, this was a huge hit, obviously, but I wasn't sure if they had another like. Obviously, there's other singles, but if there was another single that charted it in any real way, yeah, it's bag it up, B A G. Okay. I mean, I guess
0: that on them or something. Don't yeah. leave me.
1: I'd so Say back Don't it up. Leave me. Yeah. Would be like a Jennifer Don't Leave Me's a good one. Lopez lyric.
0: But is. let's just say that like. Three of their top eight songs on Apple Music is a version of "No Diggity." I like yeah.
1: the way you work, but yeah, definitely a classic. But they don't have uh, and they, the, they don't have the hit power of a Boys to Men no. or a. Um, and
0: two of them are are they just good, featured artists, mm, so that kind of tells you.
1: Yeah, they had a good uh, funk sound to them.
0: They were on the Rugrats movie.
1: Oh really? Yeah, I definitely saw that in the theater. The uh, I did not. Yeah, it would have been weird if you did. <laughs> the um, yeah. I mean, is it is this like the last grasping fingers of like New Jack Swing? It's probably something after. Uh, or but uh, like as far as like big crossover, because this it was not. I could see it being that, yeah. This I mean, was uh, playing on, like, the regular pop radio. It wasn't playing yes. on, like, urban radio. Yeah, cause I mean, like it was playing Boyce, on urban radio, too. Because I feel
0: like, like Boyz II, by their second album, they were just more... Yeah, that's, like, they were not New pop Yeah, that's barely R&B.
1: New Jack Swing. Yep. It doesn't have that, you know... Motown Philly is what I think of when I think of New Jack Swing. That song is what pops in my head first.
0: I mean, I know in 96, they're the number one song basically continues to be a r&d song for the rest of the year so is it savage garden or is that 98
1: that's 97 that's 97 97, oh fucking savage garden i was not a fan i mean that song's better than the cherry cola song but neither of them are my favorite (laughs) (laughs) cherry cola song stinks
2: yep Thanks, Rosie O'Donnell, for playing that every fucking day on your damn show. Oh, I
1: don't remember her playing that. I loved the Rosie O'Donnell oh, show. she a
2: did a little lip-sync thing to it on a daily basis, because she mm. loved that Chicka Cherry Cola line.
1: Man, not a very funny lady, but... <laughs> <laughs> I, really, I really loved that show, and I watched it with my grandma a lot. But, you know, I guess perfectly funny and for, appropriate for a 10-year-old.
2: Oh, yeah. Kush She had a crush on Tom Cruise. She... Called everybody cutie cutie, yeah.
1: cutie, cutie, I mean nutty, whatever. He's, he still looks great, jumping on motorcycles. Oh yeah, I
2: saw something of. I guess it's like a fan-made deal where they put his face over Iron Man as a potential Iron Man four in a different <laughs> multiverse or something like. Tom that. Cruise well, would there, never there, was, do
0: a there was talk that he was going to be the Iron Man in the Doctor Strange movie. Ah. Oh, that would have just been like a gag, like him in Tropic Thunder or something, though. But in Tropic
1: Thunder was fucking great. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, he's, he's Tom Cruise. He's not going to. tom part. He's not going to sell out to Disney. He can, he's just going to continue to make action movies until he can anymore. You know.
2: Maybe Disney and Scientology can get together on a project one day, and
1: I'm sure they already have. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm <laughs> sure they're pulling uh, p- pulling strings together in in a boardroom that nobody knows the uh, location of.
0: Yeah, ninety seven. We start moving into more rap. And, um, and, and pop stuff So
1: yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think I'm like oh Nelly
0: No
2: no, Nelly's still a few years away
0: Puffy yeah. B.I.G
2: um, Yeah because as soon as Biggie B-I-G dies, B-I-G then, dies Then Puffy gets blown up And then yeah. Mace is thrown in And then Will Smith has a whole Shiny background video collection
0: You know it's pretty and good then D- Diana dies so Elton John gets back on the
1: Oh app. yeah Harlem World pretty great record by Mace
0: so literally there's only seven seven different Seven different number one songs for the year. One, two, three, four, <laughs> five, six, it's pretty impressive. Seven, eight, nine, ten. There's ten different number one songs. Because hmm. some break my hearts like from October to the end of the year.
2: Damn. What a good what song.
1: A great song. Yeah.
2: Oh Tony Brex And I'll be missing you like June to August. <sighs> I'm not gonna lie. I did not enjoy that song.
0: No. Oh, it was one of my favorite songs. Like, I, I mean, liked I, it when it first I had came the, out I had and the then the it was single everywhere. And just like, play.
1: Yeah, Puff Daddy's a fucking dweeb. Play. But, you know, that was his only like hit that anybody actually cared about, I think, though. And he just kept trying to push him out there.
0: Well, enough. Enough Puff. Enough Puff. <laughs> Let's talk some Survivor Series. And we get footage from New York City. The narrator says the city that never sleeps consumed some extra caffeine because the WWF is in town. Thousands flocked to the Hall of Fame ceremony yesterday, but tonight is the main event. Shawn Michaels defends his title against the dangerous and unpredictable Sid, while living legend Bret Hart battles the menacing Stone Cold, while The Undertaker looks to lay mankind to rest. Plus some Survivor Series matches. Woo.
1: I mean, I'm okay with that. Brought to you by Karate Fighters.
0: Right. Vince McMahon welcomes everyone to the show, joined by Jim Ross and Jerry the King Lawler. And JR begins to explain the rules of the Survivor Series matches, because, you know, it's the 10th year we've had these, so I wasn't quite sure how they worked. But we go to our first match. British Bulldog, Owen Hart, and the new Rockers, Marty Jannetty and Leif Cassidy, with Clarence Mason. Versus Philip LaFon, Doug Furness, and the Godwins of Phineas I and Henry O. Godwin with Hillbilly Jim in a Survivor Series match. Obviously, Michael excited to see old Phil LaFon and Doug Furness. Yeah,
1: and I mean, is Phil LaFon, I'm blanking on his name. I was trying to remember his name da, What was it? his name? Yeah, Dan pra- Crawford. Dan Crawford. Is it Dan Crawford? Yeah, it's Dan Crawford. Okay, I was like...
2: Pretty sure that's Dan Crawford. And see, I, that's why I kept thinking too, but I never actually Googled to remember his name in ECW. <laughs> the Furnace
1: kept his name, he was, and I guess LaFawn did not. <laughs> or maybe that's his real name. Who knows? Could be. Oh,
2: he needed to sound a little more French, I guess.
0: So LaFawn hammers away on Marty to start, hitting a vicious clothesline after a monkey flip from Gennetti. Leaf comes in to trade waist locks and take downs with Philip, when Cassidy dragon screw leg whips Lafon, bringing Pig... Into the match.
1: I mean, I popped for a dragon screw leg with. Also, JR is popping all over the
0: place for Doug Furness because he's from Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Phineas spits in the air, catches it, and then rubs it in his hair. Lovely. Before <laughs> Leaf body slams him. Cassidy tries for a second one, only for Pig to block and slam Leaf a pair of times. Followed by our running the ropes where Marty gets a knee into his back from the apron and a clothesline from Leaf. Henry jumps in the ring, which distracts the ref, allowing the heel tame to gang attack Phineas. And Cassidy continues with a clothesline and a leg drop, followed by a Janetti leaping back elbow, where it appears he may have hurt his ankle. And Pig reverses a whip, but telegraphs the back body drop, allowing Marty to face planning. Before going to the top rope, where Phineas would crouching and climb up as well. Janetti would shove Pig off to the mat before flying off with an elbow drop, only for Phineas to roll away and tag in Hog, who whips Marty, only for him to fall down. Henry gets Janetti into a corner, but he charges into a big boot, allowing Marty to whip Hog across the ring, only for Pig to cushion the blow against the turnbuckle.
1: I love that spot, and I feel like it's been a while since we've seen it. I don't know who originally did that, but that's like
0: a... Feels like an Anderson thing.
1: Yeah, I feel like it was a, a rock and roll or Midnight's or, thing yeah, too as well. as well.
2: I could see like Midnight Express doing it or yeah. Freebirds. Yeah.
1: yeah, definitely that um, era, golden era, age yeah. of tag team. Maybe it was a, a killer bees. Could have been. I think, every, I, think, yeah, I think I think yeah, all the good ones did it back then. Yeah. So it was funny to see the Godwins do it, Not the way I would describe them. Not my favorite tag team. No.
0: Henry then goes to whip Jannetty into a corner, where Cassidy looks to cushion the blow as well. But Hog boomerangs it around to the original corner before knocking Leaf down to the floor. Hog then delivers the slop drop for the pin. And Marty Jannetty has been eliminated. And we won't see him again... For a couple of years.
1: And he mm. just pops in and pops right back out. Also funny that I was like, Oh, well, I just would assume that Leaf would be the first one out. And my other thought was, Oh, Lafon or Furnace will be the first one out on the other team. It'll be one of the two, but like it's like yeah. But Marty got hurt. Yes, I just so wasn't I sure they if pro- it was... they probably did though. Yeah, absolutely. I just didn't wasn't sure if it was a real hurt or not.
2: And say I was trying to figure that out too, because at some points he'd take a, a step and it looked like he was stepping lightly on the the one leg, and then he'd do something where it looked like he was putting the pull, or putting the full pressure down. So Marty was always one who could fake an injury or sell an injury.
1: I mean, the falling to the uh, mat thing was good because that's probably when he could have when he took the time to be like, "Hey, get I'm hurt. <laughs> get me out of here. You know, this is what we'll do." <laughs> I got a line waiting in back.
0: Mm hmm. Owen oh, then runs in with a spinning heel kick to Henry for the pin. And Henry O'Godwin has been eliminated. That was fast. So I assume no. that was probably supposed to be the first elimination. Yeah. Fine with me. So this brings Phineas back in to go after everyone, including the ref. Clotheslining Hart, who had blind tagged Bulldog, bringing him in to deliver a running power slam to Pig for the pin. And Phineas Godwin is eliminated.
1: And I'm excited because I'm like, oh,
0: well, that means Furnace and LaFawn
1: are probably going to slam some guys, which is exciting.
0: Davy Boy and Furnace run the ropes when Doug misses a dropkick, allowing the heels to take control with double teams, missile dropkicks, clotheslines, and suplexes. Cassidy takes over with chops, a running clothesline, and a gutbuster. But he misses a charge into a corner, allowing LaFawn to tag in taking leave to the top rope for an inverted superplex for the pin. And Leaf Cassidy is eliminated. Thanks for coming. Bulldog jumps in to be taken down with a hook kick, knees, and chops, before going for a jackknife cover that gets a two count. Davy Boy pops LaFawn up in the air for a faceplant, bringing Owen in for a belly-to-belly suplex to get a earfall. Neck breaker and a second rope elbow drop gets two for Hart before an insiguri, for a near fall. Double clotheslines from the champs to Philip, followed by a bulldog low blow, before Owen takes over with uppercuts, a turnbuckle smash, and a whip to a corner, only to run into a knee, but Hart cuts off the tag attempt, allowing Davy Boy to join in on the double-team attempt, only for Owen to be dragged out of the ring by Furnace, while LaFawn sunset flips Bulldog over for a pin. And the British Bulldog has been eliminated.
1: Crazy. I know. I mean, I'm excited over here.
0: Davy Boyd chop blocks Phillips' leg before leaving, allowing Hart to pounce on the leg, wrapping it around the ring post, and applying the sharpshooter. But Doug runs in to break up the hold.
1: And, the, like, they have two refs, except for the Survivor Series thing. The guy on the floor doesn't do a goddamn
2: thing. Well, Vince says at one point that he's just there to make sure that the, uh, Eliminated the limited quickly. ones leave quickly.
1: I know, but like <laughs> he's got his leg wrapped around the post. Mm-hmm. Like, shouldn't he be able to do something about that? Or at least act like he's trying to do something hey, about it?
0: Don't do yeah. that. Yeah, count One, two, or just start to count. Two.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Owen then telegraphs the backbody drop, allowing Lafon to deliver an insiguri, followed by making the crawl to the corner for the HUT. Hot Bringing Furnace in to nail drop kicks and suplexes before hitting an overhead belly to belly for the pin and, and the win. win. So, your survivors are Philip Lafon and Doug Furnace. And in the fun way yeah, thought it.
1: I know. And I was, looking, I was like, <laughs> in the crowd, well, and, and Michael goes wild. Uh-huh. I was excited about this. I mean, your immediate thought is like. These are the first guys out. Like, Leaf Cassidy's been on a WWF pay-per-view before. Yeah. But, you know, good for the WWF for trying to push somebody on a first pay-per-view match. Making them look new look team for, yeah.
0: for the champs to face. Making yeah, them look I didn't,
1: strong. Didn't make, expect them to make it to the end at all. And they didn't might expect not. expect them to
2: get a, a, a pin on both of the tag team
1: champions. Also, crazy. I mean, this must have been JR, but... Vince McMahon didn't slap a crazy gimmick on it. These are just two like badass wrestlers. They're just like big guys that can like throw people around and they can take their shots and and return with shots of their own. Like they're just like they're just wrestlers.
2: I think only once during the match I remember hearing "quote unquote" what a maneuver.
1: Yeah, that's because Jr. was (laughs) he was hogging the mic trying to get him over.
0: Kevin Kelly is then in the bowels of the building with Mankind and Paul Bearer. And Kevin talks about Paul being locked in a cage. But Bearer says that's not happening. He's not an animal. Followed by claiming, I'm not going in a cage because I'm Paul Bearer and you're not.
1: Okay. Prove it, fat man.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Mankind then chimes in that the Undertaker coming back to life doesn't bother him. That he doesn't care what form the Undertaker takes. He will just stomp him like the cockroaches he ate for dinner before promising to eat the dead man alive as he did the insects.
1: I do, uh, I mean, you know, both these guys are always great. I like he says, Don't worry, Uncle Paul. <laughs> I like that he's calling him Uncle Paul. I don't know why. But it's just a, a fun 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 little detail.
0: We go to our second match. Mankind with Paul Bearer versus The Undertaker, and Lawler has left the announce table because he has a match later on in the evening. And we're told if the dead man wins, he gets five minutes with his former manager.
1: Cue the Pantera. Five minutes alone. I guess you guys aren't Pantera fans. Crazy. This. Is, I mean, this is a, a match that's headlined or co- like kind of basically co-main evented. Many a pay-per-view over the last what year and a half, and here it is on the second match on the show. I just found that kind of interesting because no, it's not a title match, but this is a hot feud. But you can't have two Survivor Series matches back to back anymore. It's not 1988. Unless you're just gonna have Survivor Series matches throughout the whole show, yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah, by no means am I asking for that to be what's on the show. So (laughs) uh, yeah,
0: ring the bell. So, Taker had not been seen since buried alive. So, the commentators are speculating on what form Undertaker would take when he returned. And he descends from the ceiling in a new leather outfit and cape with a black teardrop on his face.
1: And the cape is like bat wings, so he just kind of looks like Batman. Yeah. Because, like, that's how kind of how uh, Michael Keaton, like, comes down in the yeah. back, but the other funny thing is like the teardrop isn't isn't that for if you like committed it's a, a murder but instead yeah. he came back and he didn't commit a murder, he was murdered. murdered. So it's yeah. just a funny reversal because I was like
2: be, it should be a yeah. you know two teardrops then because uh. he's already been murdered and came back from the dead <laughs> once before. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I just thought I got a kick out of that because I was like hmm I guess that it's like I guess I I reverse engineered why the teardrop, but it took me a little while to figure it out.
0: <laughs> So at first, Paul refuses to enter the cage, but ends up running into it to protect himself from the dead man. Corny must have given him some notes.
1: That's probably not fair. He'd been a manager for a long time before being Paul Bearer. No, it is a classic, classic manager move. Uh, but had move. he ever been in a cage?
0: I'm sure he probably had.
1: He, probably, he <laughs> probably had. Or maybe they didn't have the kind of money for the the fastening equipment to keep his big ass up there. Just had him handcuffed to the turnbuckle. <laughs> yeah.
0: But this allows Foley to attack from behind, ramming Taker's head into the steel. And as Bear rises high above the ring, the two men brawl in and outside of the ring, until the Undertaker uses a drop toe hold and turnbuckle smashes to take control.
2: And I like how they point out that the Undertaker just did a drop toe hold. He's, he's using wrestling never, moves. You yeah, may have yeah. never seen him do that in his life.
0: I
1: mean, he's he's brawled with Mick Foley, and we've seen how that turned out. So now it's time to time to wrestle him.
2: You had to try something new because, you know, you've been buried alive. You've been almost had your arm or whatever cut off, whatever it was, where you got a staph infection on on one match in the Mm -hmm. boiler room. So, hey, maybe, maybe try some actual wrestling moves instead of just brawling. I'm
1: sure he was happy to do that.
0: The dead man focuses his attack on Foley's arm, trying to break the claw hand by stomping away on it, bending it every which way, and tying it up in the tag rope.
1: That was pretty fun.
0: Taker goes for an elbow drop, only for Mankind to avoid and clothesline them both out to the floor. And the fight heads into the crowd with the two men trading strikes when Foley would be back body dropped back to ringside. Mankind retaliates with a low blow before coming off the apron with a somersault senton. And they head into the ring with Foley in control, using headbutts, running knees, and chokes, until Undertaker bounces out of the corner with a back elbow. And more turnbuckle smashes.
1: I'm loving Paul Bearer cam just the tiny camera inside the shark no. cage. <laughs> yeah.
0: The dead man telegraphs a back body drop, allowing mankind to deliver a pooling pile driver and an attempt to lock on the claw. But it's blocked and countered into a choke slam attempt, only for Foley to knee take her in the gut to escape. Mankind then runs into a big boot and a tombstone attempt. But he wiggles his way free and applies the mandible claw. Only for the Undertaker to use his momentum to toss Foley out to the floor to break the hold. Mankind then drags the dead man out, but is kicked away into the guardrail. Followed by slamming Foley's head and hand into the steel steps. Back in the ring, Taker nails old school. But Mankind fights back with a neck breaker before heading up top. Only for Undertaker to catch him by the throat on his way down Foley blocks the chokeslam attempt with the claw taking the dead man down to the mat
1: and it's every time Mick Foley's just got it's like they're going toe to toe but anytime Mick Foley's like pulls off a big mover is in control the RIP chance come a flood and people want to see the Undertaker get his revenge
0: Taker makes his way back to his feet he breaks the claw hold and delivers the choke slam before charging at mankind who low bridges the ropes sending undertaker down to the floor allowing foley to attempt a second somersault senton but the dead man avoids and they roll back in for taker to keep the attack with headbutts but a reversed whip sees mankind apply a sleeper only for undertaker to immediately reverse it into a back sleep box foley then takes an object out of his trunks and jabs the dead man over the head with it multiple times. Climbing onto his back in the corner to continue, when Taker would just pull him over for a tombstone pile driver, for the pin, and the win. Post-match, the cage lowers with Paul cowering, when the executioner would run down to attack the Undertaker from behind as Bearer escapes down the aisle. The dead man retaliates with a jumping clothesline to take the executioner down and send him retreating as well.
1: Hmm. Like, a nice and fine match, but not the most, like... I guess it's the Undertaker just getting 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 his win, getting, back. Getting his win back, but, like, it doesn't have the, uh, like, fervor or excitement. And it's not, by no means bad, but it's not clever. The only angle is like Paul Bear's in a cage, but yeah, it's like I mean, what else do you do? It's, he just he needs to he needs to beat mankind. I'm not complaining. It's just a little interesting considering how how this feud's been going on for so long and it's like I guess maybe this is the end of it for a while. But yeah. Maybe not. That's what it feels say, like. I would say this is probably the last match for a little while. Yeah, they got to take a break now until, you know,
2: Quote, unquote, hell breaks loose.
1: I mean, we all know what that means.
2: <laughs> Is it the same executioner? Yes. Yes. Okay, because uh- I was looking as they made their way into the ring trying to figure out if it was or not. I
0: know those lips anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so Vince shows us the AOL room. Oh, my God. And the fawn and furnace are there with employees typing what they say.
1: They look so happy to be there right? in front of laptops.
0: Sonny then comes out to the arena with new music, as Jr. says, the name of the tune.
2: You Know You Want Me or something
0: like that. Yeah, I Know You Want Me, <laughs> with McMahon replying that, no, you're not my cup of tea, thank you.
1: It would, be, it would have been really funny as if, since DiBiase's gone, they just changed it. From sunny, money. Sunny, 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 sunny. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know. I'll
2: just wait. She gets her own personalized Sunny song here. I believe. Or have they already done it? Or I mean this. They one... actually use the song Sunny from like the old times
1: fifties, sixties, whatever. A song I'd probably recognize. Yeah. But yeah. It's like this song is fine. Not the, not the best Jim Johnston cut ever, yeah. but, you know, it's, she's got her own song, good for her.
0: I yep. mean, it does get Vince dancing, which...
1: Even though she's not his cup of tea. <sighs> I mean, he's a liar.
0: <laughs> no, Ross isn't his cup of tea.
1: Oh, okay, yeah. Ross said that. I mean, the only thing that's stopping Sonny outside of her bad attitude is uh, is Vince's obsession with saving. Ross
0: says the name of, na- said the name of the song.
2: Uh, okay, gotcha. I know you want me. There, we, now I got it.
1: No, you know Vince loves it.
2: Yeah, at first it was like, Vince, what? Don't even try and deny this. I know you're still fresh off of your sexual harassment suit or whatever from the, the late 80s, but
0: come on. Doc Hendrick is then in the back with Triple H's Survivor Series team, where he mentions Mark Henry's injury, so victory must be in the back. Hunter agrees and promises to show Mark Marrow why he's the Intercontinental Champion. And Lawler chimes in that Henry is faking his injury. Because he's scared. Before Crush, it says his team is a weld oil machine of destruction. And thinks that Survivor Series is a fitting name for this event. Hmm. It it literally is a fitting name for this event. Mm -hmm. because There's Survivor Series matches. I mean, if the name was that bad, they would have
1: changed it by now. Also, this is the first time we've seen Crush look like a prison, oh, escape pr- of Well, yeah. I mean, he looked like
0: that whenever he came out to help shovel.
1: Oh, yeah. That buried alive. That's but, true, but this is the first
0: time. But yes.
2: To me, anyways, this is more of a fitting crush than old Shakabra
0: the Hawaiian. Hawaiian
2: dude in his orange and purple with his happy-go-lucky face paint and his yeah. bleachy mullet. It's like he might not, he still might not have... Uh, still angry that we didn't get Shawn Michaels versus Marty versus Macho Man and we had to suffer through Crush <laughs> versus Randy Savage as Randy Savage's last real hoorah in the WWF
1: fucking A yeah Crush is maybe small tears coming up. my eye right mm-hmm. yeah. is Crush like the least memorable guy that's been around this long at this point
2: Oh, I mean he's memorable just not for the right reasons I guess so he ruined demolition he ruined Randy Savage's exit <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not all on
1: Crush. He's trying. he's just—you know—they're giving him more shots than you'd assume. I—that's like that's like
0: blaming Baron Corbin for Kurt Angle's final match. Like, that's not that's not Baron Corbin's fault.
1: Yeah, Kurt agreed to it. (laughs) You would think that he had enough uh, pull to pick somebody else. I hate who I hate. You're you're allowed to, especially here.
0: Goldust also says that you won't forget his name followed by Doc wrapping up the interview, while Triple H gives a look to Marlena, which McMahon notices. Mm. Foreshadowing? I mean, uh,
1: he doesn't have a girl at the moment, but there is somebody who thinks maybe she could fill
0: the job. We go to our third match. Crush. Jerry the King Lawler. Goldust. And Hunter Hearst Helmsley with Marlena. Versus Wildman, Mark Merrow. The Stalker... Rocky Mayavia, and a mystery partner, with Sable, in a Survivor Series match. The last time we saw the Stalker was at Slamboree '94, episode 118, when he was just Barry Wyndham.
2: What the hell is it with them and Barry Wyndham? Why won't they just let him be Barry Wyndham? I know
1: like, he doesn't. He he like he, Barry Wyndham looks doesn't just look like mm-hmm. a. Barry Windham uh, was already
2: Barry Windham in WWF. Why won't you just let him continue to be Barry Windham? Why do you think... got to make him the Widowmaker or a Blackjack or yeah.
0: a Stalker? It's probably like, ah, oh, Barry Windham's too old. The... He's too old.
2: Put on a creepy mustache. Shame
0: take may... take Shane, maybe you can answer this question because hmm. it was a question I had. His gimmick is the Stalker.
1: But he's dressed like a Dudley?
0: But he's a face. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, and he comes out just wearing a WWF t-shirt and, like, trunks. It's like, he doesn't, it's not, he doesn't, there's no gimmick outside of the name. He's just Barry Windham, except for he has, like, um, you know, a mustache. I honestly have no memory of the stalker character whatsoever,
2: so when he walked down to the ring, it was like, wait, what the fuck is going on here? Because all I saw was he looked like an overgrown Spike Dudley without glasses.
1: Yeah, I saw the stalker, and and I was like, I was like, who the hell
0: is the stalker? And then I was like, oh, wait a second.
2: Dutch Mandel.
1: Oh,
0: yeah. This is the debut match of Rocky. Just glad they didn't keep his name from Memphis. Mm. Flex Kavana. Flex Kavana. Very funny. Smell what the flex is cooking. <laughs> flex
1: Kavana is a really silly name. Wow.
0: So the wild man takes the mic, and he says that they weren't stupid enough to come shorthanded. So they bring out Jake the Snake Roberts sending Triple H's team bailing out to the floor. I
1: had a revelation! I mean, they're not bailing because it's Jake. They're bailing because Jake's got a very large yellow snake. Yeah. Maybe it's just jaundice. Uh, You took the words out of my brain. (laughs) (laughs) That was very rude.
0: (laughs) So Hunter avoids marrow to start, so Goldust begins for his team, where they trade strikes till Wildman gains control with hip tosses and a back body drop.
2: I got to say I'm happy that Jake is no longer at least in this match. I don't know if he wears it in the future, but his little top piece that he'd been wearing since he came back to King of the Ring where yeah. it's like his sleeveless t-shirt looking thing that yeah, matches his, his trunks. It
1: looks like a it looks like a like a costume that they didn't use in the Flintstones movies. Yeah, <laughs> it's really stupid Very looking. Much so. Yeah. But
2: yeah, I'm I'm glad he's ditched that and has just gone back to
1: just looking like Jake wrestling yeah. with no shirt. He, even when he was, you know, younger, he still looked just like somebody's dad. Yeah, he's he's had a dad bod. Yeah, pretty much since he started. You don't th- you don't think that he can't kick your ass. Mm-hmm.
0: The stalker enters to keep up the attack with a clothesline, but the golden one rolls away to bring in Triple H. So when Wyndham tags in marrow, Hunter again bails to tag in Crush. Rocky's now brought in only to be taken straight to his opponent's corner to be worked on followed by a shoulder block from Lawler, which Maivia immediately kips up on and rallies with a drop kick and a big right hand to send the king out to the floor. Triple H returns to work over Rocky with strikes and a suplex, Gold Dust with an elbow drop and a rubber band slam. Crush even gets some head butts and a backbreaker in, before Lawler returns with several falling fists and a turnbuckle smash. But Maivia begins to fire up on Hunter with strikes and a back body drop, Making it to the corner for a tag to Jake, who comes in with jabs, a back body drop, and a short arm clothesline to Triple H. Roberts goes for the DDT, but Hunter drives him backwards towards his corner, allowing the heels to get some licks in. Goldust comes in with a knee drop before tagging the king in to deliver some jabs of his own. Making fun of a dazed Jake, only to walk right into a DDT for the pin.
1: Hey, nice for Jake, right?
0: Jerry the King Lawler is eliminated.
2: Now, I really wish Jake would have gone outside at that moment, reached under the ring, and grabbed a couple of bottles of Jack Daniels <laughs> and poured him over and his head. poured him onto
1: his face. Yeah, yep. no, yeah the, te- <laughs> the teetotaling Jerry Lawler.
0: So the Golden One runs in to take back control, but Roberts escapes with a jawbreaker and tags in the stalker, who delivers a vertical suplex for a two count, followed by going for a superplex, only for Goldust to knock Wyndham down, leap off with a double axe handle only for the stalker to catch him in the gut on his way down Crush then nails Wyndham from the apron, allowing the golden one to hit the curtain call for the pin and the stalker is eliminated and so is his gimmick as he will be in a legacy tag team the next time we see him
1: I mean, Barry, you're better than the name of the stalker Agreed Yep
0: Marrow then comes in with a knee-lift to Goldust, but he telegraphs a back body drop, allowing the golden one to kick and clothesline the wild man down. Triple H comes in to work over Marrow with strikes, knee drops, and a backbreaker, before Crush comes in to continue the punishment with a bear hug, more backbreakers, and a leg drop for a near fall. Goldust hits a leaping clothesline for a two count. Crush with another backbreaker for a near fall. Hunter with an ab stretch, but when he goes for leverage, the refs see him, kicking away his hand from the ropes, allowing the wild man to escape with a hip toss and a sunset flip, only for Triple H to stay up and tag the golden one in to keep control. Hunter returns, only for Miro to nail him with a head scissors and a back body drop, but a poke of the eyes allows Triple H to toss the wild man out to the floor. Roberts jumps in to trade strikes with Hunter, allowing Merrill to make his way to the top rope to deliver a moonsault onto Hunter for the pin. And Hunter Hurst Helmsley is eliminated. I'm just kind of surprised he got eliminated so early. Yep. Crush comes in to attack from behind, but the wild man hits a drop kick that sends the big man out to the floor. Merrill looks to fly out with a slingshot somersault plancha, but Goldust pushes Crush out of the way. Sending the wild man crashing down to the floor. They return to the ring where Crush nails a heart punch for the pin.
1: God, the heart punch might be the lamest shit.
0: And Mark Marrow is eliminated.
1: I got about as creative with how I feel about it as it actually is in real <laughs> life. I'm like, hey, I don't even have anything funny to say about the heart punch.
0: Jake comes in with jabs and goes for a short arm clothesline. You know what that means? Only for crush the duck and deliver another heart punch, for the pin, and Jake the Snake Roberts is eliminated.
1: Did Jake even hit a DDT um, on Waller? Yeah. On Waller, yeah. Sorry, yeah. It was like the, but the other two were foiled. Yeah. But uh, you see that short arm clothesline, man. That's how you train the audience. And it's and then been it years comes- and years since uh, Jake really meant something, and he still means something when he shows up, even if he's higher than a kite. Higher than a Karate Fighters blimp.
0: So Rocky is all that is left of his team. So he locks up with Crush for a test of strength. Yay. (laughs) Only for the big man to cheap shot Maivia. He goes for a suplex, but Rocky then counters it into a small package for a two count. Maivia hits a body slam to Crush, a big right hand to Goldust, and a crossbody onto both men before backdropping the golden one out to the floor.
1: And there's Rocky Chance, mm-hmm. like not Rocky Sucks Chance, just Rocky Chance, no. which is nice. nice. Not there I mean, yet. It'll take a little bit. Wait a bit, couple, months. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. couple months. Yeah, a couple months, a few weeks, something like
0: that. And yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Rocky trade strikes with Crush when Goldust returns with a low blow, allowing the heels to double-team Mayavia as the golden one holds him. Crush goes for another heart punch, but Rocky moves causing Goldust to take the blow, allowing via to nail a crossbody on the big man for the pin, and Crush is eliminated. The Golden One then pokes the eyes of Rocky before going for a body slam, but Mayavia floats over and delivers a shoulder breaker for the pin, and the win. And Rocky Mayavia is your survivor.
1: I know, I was like, oh, I didn't expect that, because I know that the... Rocky sucks, thing, but I wasn't watching at the time. But I guess that's why people feel that way because they push him too hard, too fast. So people spoil on it. Yeah, because by no means does he look bad here.
2: He gets the full Roman experience, yeah. pre Roman, where it's like him, like him. He's he's the future. He's a star. He's the first third generation superstar we've ever had. And he doesn't
1: quite have it yet, which You're was the issue it. with Roman. It's like he couldn't cut a promo back then. Yeah,
2: couldn't cut a promo and everybody got instantly sick of his, I'm going to
1: smile and shake my little curls. Yeah, and he didn't, couldn't, really, wasn't, yeah. he's still not really a fucking wrestler. He <laughs> had not like, found he is, his but
2: electricity yet. Yeah. He was still, like, stuck between Tatanka with his jumping around wearing his whatever the hell his costume was to start off with his little neck piece oh, yeah. fringe and yeah I, I remember thinking there's something about him that stands out but there wasn't a whole lot of good that I saw it was it was a whole a whole lot of green still
1: but Sunny sees something as she's looking, she looking, looking for a new uh, man to walk to the ring with and she's got her eyes set on Rocky he could do worse. Mm-hmm. So, should Coach, so could she.
0: <laughs> Vincent sends us to a video recap where we see Bret Hart returning to the WWF and accepting the challenge of Steve Austin. Stone Cold stunning everyone in sight along with destroying Brian Pillman's leg with a chair. And Todd Pettingale speaks about Austin's campaign of terror as Austin promises to whip Bret's ass Because Stone Cold said so. Pettengill is then in the back with Austin as he reminds him of the new stipulation that the winner will receive a title match in December. And Stone Cold asks if he's supposed to be intimidated by Hart or the stipulations. But he doesn't let Todd answer, just continuing that cliches are cliches and an ass whooping is an ass whooping before leaving. The hitman then joins Pettingel to say the one thing that Austin doesn't have going for him is that this is MSG. It's not a church, but it's holy ground. And Brett continues that he's not greedy for money. He's greedy for respect. And Stone Cold will respect him when this is over.
1: I mean, great package. Solid promos. I mean it'd be silly to say Stone Cold is already getting over because he's just been getting more and more over on every pay-per-view and he's about to have basically the coronation match where it's like the everybody, it's like this has been the guy for a while and he hasn't been here for a while and this is, this is a match to build your name on in a uh, in a real way, he can actually have a wrestling match with no gimmicks needed he's wrestled great wrestlers already. He wrestled Goldust and stuff, but Goldust, you know, Dustin Rhodes is great. He's the natural, but over here, he's, he's the good. guy that tries to grab your balls or whatever. Yeah. He's a natural, <laughs> but he's not the
2: best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. No.
0: So we go to our fourth match. Stone Cold, Steve Austin versus Brett, the Hitman Art. In a number one contenders match. For the WWF Championship. And as Brett enters, JR says he isn't a trash man or a clown. He's a wrestler. With McMahon chiming in with, notwithstanding the integrity. Notwithstanding the standing. Okay? Exactly. (laughs) Before spoiling the main event. But we won't. Okay, I was just like, what did he say? he literally said the winner of this match was going to face.
1: Oh my gosh. Insert name here. I thought he said both names, at least in my memory. Nope. I mean, otherwise I wouldn't I mean, made it. He, he a, said
0: it, and then he correct, corrected himself. Like Jr. corrected him real quick.
1: Yes. Incredible. Funny stuff.
0: So the two men stare each other down until Stone Cold flips the double bird, which got blurred out on the network.
1: Pretty funny. It's God like, yeah, forbid. it's like... A, there's no yeah got, yeah no way they blurred all of them out for the attitude era but hey we're not there yet maybe they did.
0: They begin with some mat wrestling, using arm work to control their opponent until Austin catches the Hitman with a stun gun, and Stone Cold begins to focus on the throat and neck of Hart with elbows, knees, chokes, and a catapult under the bottom rope.
1: And it, I thought that it sounded like they were talking about this being a submission match. No. Yeah, okay, I think I might—I just heard that it was, I guess, the one, number one contender because Jr. like starts talking up like it'd be so embarrassing to like give up in, in MSG or whatever. So yeah. it seemed like that they were pushing over the submission moves on the commentary. So I got a little confused. I just wasn't sure if I was the only one. Maybe,
2: maybe Brett's been gone for so long that they had to remind people that <sighs> the sharpshooter is his finishing move. <laughs> you might like
1: think they didn't have to, but hey, you never know.
2: You know, J.R. sometimes just likes to give that information that you already know and don't really need to know again.
1: Yeah, notwithstanding the standing.
0: <laughs> Brett rallies with clotheslines, an atomic drop, and a Russian leg sweep for a two count, before attempting a bulldog, only for Austin to shove him off hard into a turnbuckle. The two men then fight over a suplex, with Stone Cold getting the hitman up to the top rope, only for Hart to fight off Austin, sending him face first down to the mat.
1: Do you guys see somebody that we see all the time on, in another promotion? He's in the crowd. I mean... In the third row. Is there a sign guy or something? He's an ECW glasses guy. Okay. Yeah, he was in the third row, and I was like, ah! He just never takes those things off, does he?
0: Brett then comes off with a flying elbow drop for an airfall. Brett picks up Stone Cold for a backbreaker, but Austin rakes the eyes to avoid, before tossing the hitman out to the floor. Stone Cold follows out with a double axe handle off the apron, ramming Hart into a ring post, back first. Posted. But Brett fights back to ram Austin into a guardrail several times, with it breaking apart, sending both men into the front row. Stone Cold's then rolled back in, but he just keeps rolling to the other side of of the ring to regroup. But the hitman follows out with an elbow off the apron, only for Austin to take down Hart and catapult him onto the Spanish announce table and into the lap of Hugo Savinovich. Hugo! Stone Cold then body slams Brett on top of the table, leaps off the apron with an elbow drop before returning to the ring. Austin then brings the hitman in the hard way, hitting a second rope elbow drop for a two count and a running straddle across the ropes for a near fall. Stone Cold then goes to an ab stretch using leverage until he's caught. So Austin begins to argue with the rest, allowing Hart to recover, and the two men begin trading strikes again until Brett nails a stun gun of his own. The hitman delivers a pile driver and a backbreaker. Before heading up top, the Stone Cold knocks him down, causing Hart to crotch himself. He then climbs up to hit a superplex, only for Brett to roll him up for a two count. Back to their feet, Austin nails the stunner for the pin. And no, the hitman kicks out. Stone Cold continues to make pins out of frustration, all for near falls, before locking on a Texas cloverleaf, only for Hart to crawl his way to the ropes to break the hold. Austin then whips Brett hard into a corner, where he ends up falling and rolling into the ring post. So Stone Cold applies a bow and arrow to continue to work the back.
1: I mean, the rolling into the post spot is so good. He just, like, backwards into the post, and it's, yeah, innovative, and it looks like it hurts.
0: Wonderful stuff. The hitman finally frees himself, and he goes for the sharpshooter, but Austin grabs the ropes to stop the attempt. Hart then locks on a sleeper, only for Stone Cold to escape by ramming Brett into a corner and a jawbreaker before applying the Million Dollar Dream. The hitman then runs up the ropes and leaps backwards with Austin's shoulders down for the pin. And the win. Ooh. Out of
1: nowhere, right? I mean, it's great, and uh, it's also nice because it's like, oh, Brett caught him off guard. It's like he got the best of him tonight, but he didn't He didn't tap him out with a sharpshooter. He didn't hit like a... Uh, like, Tombstone Piledriver. He was just the smarter man, and before they go into that, like, in those last couple of minutes, like, granted, these guys have working their asses off, so they are exhausted, but they're selling that they're exhausted. Uh, so it makes sense that he's caught off guard and winded, and just got the best of him that night. And see, that's the... Something uh, I'd like to see more in wrestling today.
2: The way Brett usually... Sneaks in a win is walking up the ropes and yep. throwing them backwards. He did it to did it to Hot Rod at WrestleMania eight. He yep. had it done to him at WrestleMania ten by Owen.
1: It's and Stone Cold hasn't it's uh, a good little throwback hasn't had a match with the man.
2: Yep, and those he are should have studied the tape. Two of the best Brett feuds that we've had over the years, and now capping it off with number three.
0: Post match, Stone Cold stares down Hart as he leaves the arena. While Brett celebrates in the ring and with fans. So I don't think we've seen the last of these two.
1: No. No. I mean, we haven't seen one of the most famous images from wrestling packages of the Attitude Era. It all stems from this interaction.
0: We go to the back and Doc Hendricks is there with psycho Sid. Doc asks if this is the night Sid finally snaps. With him replying... You say snap, I say survive. Before promising to do anything and everything it takes. Because he knows he's the better man. So he will walk out the WWF champion. He's the master and the ruler
1: of the world. I mean, Sid talking through his teeth. There's not too many people do it better than he does. <laughs> At least in this time period. Like
0: Hendrick says Psycho Sid is focused. And that whoever wins will face the hitman. At the next pay-per-view. I got a question. Uh Uh-huh. Did Sid's baseball cap look like a yarmulke to anyone else? I don't remember a baseball cap. Because it literally was sitting like... like on the back of his head. The back of his head, so it literally felt like it was a yarmulke instead of a...
1: Yeah, because I can't picture the bill of a cap. But I guess it's just like... It's got a big old head, that's for sure.
0: So we go back to the arena, and Captain Lou Albano wanders out to ringside shaking hands with J.R., but he then fakes out Vince before joining the Spanish announce table. And he was inducted into the Hall of Fame the previous night, and the last time we saw him in any official capacity, like, he may have shown up, and I just don't have it listed anywhere. But as far as, like, managing or yeah. commentary... It or... was at Survivor Series 94, Episode 136. And all of a sudden, we hear... Nation of domination which surprises our commentators we get PG-13 coming out rapping which is JC Ice and Wolfie D Couldn't about be. bum rushing our mothers leading Farouk, Clarence Mason and others to the ring and Farouk poses before raising his fist in the air which leads us to our fifth match, Farouk Razor Ramon Diesel and Vader with Clarence Mason and Jim Cornette versus Savio Vega, Yokozuna, Flash Funk. Oh my god, and Superfly Jimmy Snooka.
1: Recently inducted into the Hall of Fame
0: with the Funkettes in a Survivor Series match.
1: Flash Funk, I haven't seen any Flash Funk clips in a long time, but it's like, oh, he's kind of the original godfather I mean, he comes out with i not calling the funkettes hoes but you know that's kind of the vibe
0: or the original Brotus clay
1: yeah yeah oh didn't he have Nash like the girls dressed like pterodactyls though yes yeah he yeah. had the funkadactyls oh, <laughs> okay with
2: oh, naomi and
0: trinity um,
2: oh she was naomi then still but what was who is Carl?
0: Uh, I know her name is Arian,
2: but yeah. I can't think of what her
0: Arian. It's her real name.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Man. But what was her... her parents must have never taken a history class.
0: So <laughs> this is the first time that Fruk has been seen since he was wearing blue headgear and his gladiator outfit. Yeah. So that's why it was a surprise to the commentators. The whole music. So and... this is like
1: the. Domination hadn't been on Raw is, or any is other show. This the debut
0: of this gimmick. Nice. Completely.
1: I mean, what a fun song, too. Ah,
2: so Superfly was also inducted this year into the Hall of Fame. Yep.
0: yep. Uh, they, talk, they said it yeah, earlier
1: right. in the show, and I was like, uh, like anybody, anytime you bring up Jimmy Snuka these days, you're like,
0: hmm, yeesh. And the last time we saw Snooka was at Hardcore Heaven 94, episode 127
1: been a hundred episodes thereabouts
0: so also last time we saw razor <laughs> oh god was that big ass extreme bash episode 193 as big teton okay while the last time we saw diesel was at royal rumble 96 episode 183 as isaac Ginkum dds
1: Still got a little ways to go before he has one of the most memorable memorable gimmicks of the late 90s and early 2000s. Yes. He's getting there, but this is arguably a drop from Isaac Hankum. (laughs) I don't really know. They're kind of on the same bottom rung of
0: options. He probably made about the same amount of money. Yeah. Yeah. So Cornette actually joins commentary for this match. As the Mastodon takes it to Funk with stiff shots and a short arm clothesline, but Flash comes back with a wheel kick and a crossbody that takes them both over the ropes to the floor. Funk then comes off the top turnbuckle with a moonsault out onto Vader, before whipping back into the ring, where the Mastodon fires back with an avalanche attack and a powerbomb. Yoko runs in to prevent a cover with a Yuranagi, which allows Flash to make a tag to Savio while Farouk also tags in. And Vega gets a boot up to the charging militant before nailing him with a spinning heel kick, followed by multiple arm drags, a turnbuckle smash, and mounted punches to Razor, only to be caught on a crossbody, allowing Ramon to deliver a followaway slam. Diesel enters and takes Savio to his own corner, bringing Funk back in, who ducks a big boot and goes to run the ropes, only for Big Daddy Cool to clothesline.
1: It's so It feels so wrong calling these guys these things. Yeah.
0: Uh, who else would they be? It's <sighs> Razor Ramon and Diesel. I see. I, I don't see what your issue is. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. It looks s- exactly like
2: them. Slap some paint on them, put a mask uh, on, and you've got Axe and Smash. Yeah,
1: they're just as uh, big and handsome and um, charismatic. <laughs> it's, okay, it's, I mean, it's all okay, baby. I mean, you got JR <coughs> on it,
2: you know. Why is
1: everybody so upset about
2: this Razor? He's a whole lot younger, better looking. Sure. All this other stuff than the guy that had the name before him, I think, was, was his word. He's trying. <laughs> He's
1: trying. You he do not want to get fired again.
0: Diesel, <laughs> Diesel presses Flash up in the air, but counters it into a sunset flip. Only for Big Daddy Cool to stay up and choke lift funk. Farooq comes in with an elbow drop, but a, on a toss of the ropes, Flash slides under the militant, delivering an insiguri and a drop kick. Only for Farouk to catch Funk on a leapfrog, driving him down with a spinebuster. It's a nasty one too.
2: Seeing Farouk and Funk in the ring together just really makes me miss Oh, Ron and Too Cold. They were they were a great little duo.
0: Ron Simmons brought Too Cold Scorpio into WCW.
1: Oh, okay. I mean, we always, I saw Too Cold
0: through way back.
1: Through a like, a <laughs> little bit. I didn't remember him being in there, but I don't remember him being aligned with Ron. But that was uh. Too cold. He may be heavier now. He may be too fat, Scorpio. But he, uh, He's he got the funk now. But he's got the funk, but he's also, you know, he's more sure footed. I don't know. He was slipping but, all over the place early on.
2: I bet if you asked him, he was still that lean, mean, spelt, 248 pounds of chiseled <laughs> granite or whatever it was that he used to introduce, introduce
0: himself
1: as in uh-huh. ECW. Yeah, I'm sure he leaned out. Uh, he had, he's, he's, in, he's in the Fed now.
0: Vader returns to Nell an avalanche attack, but it sends Flash to his corner. Allowing Savio to tag in, taking the Mastodon to the wrong corner, where the heels start railing on him. But Vega fights his way free, followed by taking Diesel to his corner, bringing Snooki in for headbutts, chops, but he ends up charging into a knee. Vader tags in only for Superfly to keep up the attack with a leaping headbutt, drop kicks, and a body slam. But the Mastodon drags him to the wrong side of the ring, allowing Razor to tag in. Snooka slides under Ramon and escapes to his corner to tag in Savio, who punches Ramon back to his corner, with Big Daddy Cool tagging in. Vega with a spinning hill kick, and he goes to run the ropes, only for Vader to pull the ropes down, causing Savio to tumble down to the floor. Farooq then slams Vega back first into a ring post, post. several times, but before rolling him in for Diesel to deliver a jackknife powerbomb for the pin. And Savio Vega is eliminated.
2: So that's not who I
0: saw being pinned first. I
2: figured it'd be a, a Razor or a Diesel, but...
1: Yeah, but they're trying to get that yeah. over, and Savio Vega is Are just kind uh, of the
0: guy that has strap
2: matches. tackle each other over the ropes or um, all to the back or something.
1: Yeah. You know?
0: <laughs> Superfly jumps in, kicking Big Daddy Cool on a telegraphed back body drop sending him to his corner to bring Razor back in. And they trade strikes until Snooka hits a gut punch, a body slam, knee drop, and a super fly splash for the pin. And Razor Moan is eliminated.
1: There he is. I mean, and of course the crowd pops. It's Jimmy Snooka, but Snooka still looks pretty crispy for his uh, age. And we assume that his... Who knew when his brain started melting, but... What year was it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure. I did she go missing? Or when <laughs> yeah. was she murdered? <laughs> when was she found dead in the hotel room?
0: And Diesel's tired of this match, so he grabs a chair, nailing Snooka across the back with it multiple times, leading to everyone jumping in the ring and brawling, including Vega returning from the back with a chair as well. And the refs call for the bell and the disqualification on everyone. As it should be. There's chairs in the ring. So this is the last time we will see Superfly for about nine years. And the last match that we will ever see of Yokozuna.
1: Um, I I do remember um, watching this thinking, like, I mean, obviously he's very large. But that maybe it's just because he was in there for a limited amount of time. So when he was in there, he looked good or used the energy that he did have. Uh, but I was like, oh, it looks a little better than I expected, considering I know how this is all going to go. He's had a a good,
2: what, four years-ish? I want to say he came around in 92?
0: 92, 90, 92 93. 93. Yeah. Yeah. Fun fact on this match. So, obviously, there was a mystery man that they were advertising. Yeah. Ended up being Snuka. But the silhouette of that mystery man in all of the advertising looked a lot like one macho man, Randy Savage.
2: Huh. Now it makes me wonder, did he have like a cowboy hat and a
1: silhouette? or
0: I didn't see the advertising. Hmm. It was this, like... The... This is just
1: what I read. I, I read this. My, my, in my mind, it's like probably... It's... You got somebody standing there with a finger like that? <laughs> <laughs> it was probably just the closest thing they had that they'd like used in the past or
0: something. Well, the rumors were that his WCW contract oh. had expired. Oh. After the last pay-per-view, after Havoc,
1: that just happened. So, yeah. yeah, there was a potential that they were talking to
0: him? Yeah. Huh. Which, I don't know if this is the match that I would have wanted him to return in. I'm sure it would have been booked a little different if it was. that was oh, the man, case. I would hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I would hope so as well, but, you know.
1: I mean, were you guys kind of excited when the ref called DQ with chairs? Because I was over this already. Oh yeah. oh yeah. All I wanted to see was the so, the, the Jimmy Snooker do a splash. Honestly, I didn't even want to see that. I was. I mean,
2: I forgot who the super or the mystery partner was. So when Superfly's music played, it was just kind of a. Oh. Uh, all may right. as well just had the gobbledygooker gooker come down. No.
1: Oh. Come on. I'm pro. I'm not really you're pro, pro. You're pro gooker. But yeah, it's kind of a bit. But the like, but. Snooka is uh, an, important, an important part of this company even if, even if he did kill his girlfriend.
0: Vincent sends us to a recap of our main event where Todd Pettengale narrates footage of Shawn Michaels' title reign saying the Heartbreak Kid had lived his dream while Sid had struggled with reality. Psycho Sid calls himself the ruler of the world but the champion is the one who rules. Sean has overcome bigger, stronger, and more vicious opponents, persevering. But now, the enemy is from within. The enemy is trust.
1: But also, Sid's bigger than Kevin Nash, right?
0: I mean, yeah. Probably with the muscles and everything. Yeah, I mean,
1: like Sid is definitely more defined kevin nash might be taller body-wise like body-wise i would be like oh Sid is, like height yeah yeah
0: for sid the enemy was always within being his struggles with sanity but he thought he found rationality in michael's friendship however misunderstandings bred contempt and now fuel sid's psychotic desire and psycho sid complains about the heartbreak kid kicking him in the face with Sean saying he will do it again, before claiming he can't miss that chin. Mm -hmm. Todd finishes by believing that Michaels has unleashed a monster with champion's appetite. Before we go back to the arena, and we see both competitors come out of their locker rooms to walk towards the entrance. So we get Goldberg entrances, kind of. But we go to our sixth match. Psycho Sid... Versus the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels, with Jose Lothario, for the WWF Championship. And Sid uses his power advantage early on. But after Shawn slides through his legs, Michaels is able to nail some jabs and a crossbody. The two men then trade slaps and strikes before Psycho Sid goes for a press slam. Only for the heartbreak kid to escape, sending Sid to the ropes, where he telegraphs a backbody drop. So Psycho Sid tries for a powerbomb, but Sean bails to the floor to a group. Sid gives chase, but it ends up back in the ring, where Psycho Sid runs into a boot in a corner, followed by Michaels chop-blocking the leg. And people boo. People are pro-Sid. Most of the crowd is pro-Sid. Yeah, I noticed that early on. The guys. The guys in the crowd. Oh, yeah. The girls are still pro heartbreak. I mean, why wouldn't they be? Means a sexy
1: but they're, they're, The guys are over. Sexy boy. I guess yeah, say. They're over sexy the sexy boy. boy. At least in MSG. Yeah.
0: HBK continues the punishment on the leg with stomps before locking on a figure four, but Sid rolls it over to cause a break. Sean keeps up the attack on the leg when he looks to apply the figure four again, but Psycho Sid kicks him off into the ring post. Posted. Shoulder first. Sid unloads with kicks on Michaels, but HBK avoids a charge into a corner and drop kicks the hurt leg to go back to work on it.
1: I love that uh, Sid just pushes the cameraman's camera. Some a, nice, a nice little production note.
0: Psycho Sid kicks away Sean several times, till it sends him over the ropes, but Michaels skins the cat back in, only for Sid to clothesline him right back out. <sighs> Psycho Sid then follows out to whip. Heartbreak Kid into the apron, press slamming him onto a guardrail before tossing Sean back into the ring. Sid hits a backbody drop, running boots and forearms to Michaels before whipping him to a corner for a flare flip out to the apron, where Psycho Sid grabs the Heartbreak Kid, only to be hot shotted across the top rope. Sean then climbs to the top and he leaps off with a crossbody, but Sid catches him and nails Michaels with a backbreaker, for a two count. We get some hard whips to a corner and chops by Psycho Sid until HBK rallies with rights of his own before body slamming Sid down to the mat. And Sean comes off the second rope, only for Psycho Sid to get a boot up into Michael's chin, causing the heartbreak kid to sell with a headstand. Yeah,
1: he did. Pretty good. Um, Pre, well,
2: I shouldn't say pre, I think Rocky was sitting in the back. Watching Sean do that and thought, hmm,
0: yeah.
1: Maybe I'll have to try that out sometime. This cause. guy's kind of a pain in the ass, so I can probably steal it while he's gone. Yep.
0: <laughs> Sid locks on the million dollar dream, taking Sean down to the map for several two counts, but Michaels is able to fight his way out of the hold, ducking a clothesline, only for Psycho Sid to grab him by the throat, which HBK escapes with a rake of the eyes. Sean tunes up the band. But he's caught and countered into a choke slam. Sid then looks to deliver a power bomb, only for Michaels to counter it into a small package for an earfall.
1: He shouldn't have been playing into that crowd so much. Sid's not used to all these cheers.
0: Sid comes back with a power slam, but the heartbreak kid rallies as well with the leaping forearm. Kips up, only for Psycho Sid to clothesline him right back down for a two count.
1: I do love the right back down. And coming from Sid, it always means a little more because he's like two Shawn Michaels in size.
0: Sid grabs a camera and looks to smash it over the head of Shawn. Man, where have we seen that before? (laughs) Oh, last week. When Lothario would jump on the apron, yelling at Psycho Sid, who turns and hits Jose in the chest with the camera, causing him to fall to the floor. Sid then turns right into sweet chin music, no. but Michaels goes to check on his mentor, who appears to be having a heart attack. Yeah, and the heartbreak kid calls out for help. Psycho Sid following out to the floor to return Sean to the ring. It
1: was a camera shot, not a heart punch,
0: where he is tossed to a corner, only for Michaels to leap up and off the second turnbuckle with a springboard crossbody, but Sid ducks, causing the heartbreak kid. ...to crash into the referee. Ref bump! Sean then realizes that with no ref, there's no point in fighting. So he rolls out to check on Lothario again. What a good guy. As help has still yet to arrive. Where are all these damn officials?
1: He's a legend. What, where's, where's our second referee
0: that did nothing earlier? <laughs> Psycho Sid follows out and grabs the camera again. Smashing it across his Michael's back. Rolling him into the ring... Before delivering a power bomb for the pin, and, and the no. win, and no. no to the slowest
1: count in any in any match right. I've seen in recent memory.
0: Nick Patrick has words for you, sir. Sorry, buddy. It was slow. He's had some slow counts. <laughs> Post match, Sid celebrates while the Heartbreak Kid checks on Jose. With officials, finally. Arriving to load him onto a stretcher. And it was comical watching them load him onto a stretcher.
2: Because it's like, you grab his elbows, I'll grab his feet. Push this thing all the way down to the ground, and then we're not even going to raise it back up. We're just going to squat and roll him back. It's lovely.
0: (laughs) Sean crawls down the aisle after them. So pathetic. As our announcers hope that Lothario isn't having a heart attack. Before saying their goodbyes as we fade to black.
2: Shawn Michaels doesn't even care about losing the championship. All he cares about is his father figure, his mentor, his trainer.
1: Maybe the like least sold manager relationship that involves a belt. <laughs> even though they've been together for a while now, it's like nobody believes this. No.
0: So I ask you, gentlemen, what are your overall thoughts? A Survivor Series, nineteen ninety-six.
1: I never thought I'd be pro Sid. <laughs> Right. I mean, he's been doing good work recently and he's been around for a long time in spurts uh, in both companies. And he's uh, gotten himself over and he looks like a monster and he looks good here. And I was excited for him to win the belt. And I guess this is how we get back on track It's my assumption.
2: I don't know maybe that was her plan maybe that was a plan i'm not sure i don't know exactly
1: it. what we'll happens will see. Go. Go. yeah we'll i mean see. yeah these are just my thoughts these are just thoughts i don't really yeah. know exactly how it all goes down so this is just i was actually waiting for you to go just
2: keep getting higher in your tired not question i guess that will get back <laughs> on Brett? yeah it's uh it's a good show it's it's an easy watch It's it has some surprises in it 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 kind of Breaks the norm of what you're used to seeing on a WWF show where you have fresh people winning that you don't expect to win. I mean, starting off with, oh, LaFon and... Furnace. In Furnace. You've got Rocky making his pay-per-view debut and becoming the sole survivor. You've got Sid doing what I never thought he'd do, which was actually be a world champion. And people want him to be the world champion? Yes. Including me? I was fine with (laughs) Yeah, you've got... Your corniness with I mean actual corny on commentary you've got superfly coming back for an appearance you've got the debut of flash funk it's there's there's just a lot of a lot of fun fun stuff to keep the show going it doesn't weigh it down too much it doesn't get just ridiculously dumb or too overthought or cheesy it's I think, you know, I think, of, I think of, of the survivor series yeah. that we've watched in in the last couple of years this one has a kind of a bright light on it kind
1: of it goes down pretty easy the another thing is like well they're using the survivor series matches to actually get over new town like you said it's like that's what, not they're what supposed you to do expected but uh, that's cool and there's not too many of these matches and like Taker gets his win back stone cold and brett have a banger and sid has kind of a banger of a match and like if sid wasn't over We'd be like, yeah, that was fine, but the energy of the crowd helped that match. And Sid is it seems like he's excited to do his job. And granted, he should be. They just put the title on him.
0: So three singles matches, I think, are top tier. Great. I even wondered if there might be discussion of a list for any of them. Hmm. <sighs> I
1: mean, you put the best match is Brett and Stone Cold. I think that I would take Sean and Sid second just because this is not the best Taker and Mankind. If I had to like order them.
0: I agree with that probably.
1: Yeah. And it's probably... If it's not the best Sid match, it's maybe the most uh, exciting or energetic. Yeah, Uh, As far as do you give a shit? It's like yes, I actually do give a shit. I'm surprised I give a shit. But I mean... In and Austin, you can put it on a short list. Go right ahead. Oh, yeah. No complaints from me. I mean, they had an, a full-on wrestling match on a WWF show. Yep. I'd love to
0: see it. But along with that, the Survivor Series matches, as you guys have mentioned, they gave us some debuts, some gimmick changes. A couple legends. In, in Farouk, some legends. Yeah, exactly. And Jake I, and... I Snuka. really felt like this was just a very well-rounded... And Wyndham. ...show, completely. Yep. Because... Also along the lines, like we all felt that last Survivor Series match, like getting tiresome real quick, and they just finished and it. they realized, let's end this, let's yep. get it done, and so none of them overstayed their welcome. I don't think I'm going to go out. I don't think this is a ledge, but this is your favorite. One. This is my favorite Survivor Series that we've watched.
1: Yay! I'm trying to think. I mean, you know those yeah, '80s and early '90s uh, Survivor Series. I kind of have an issue with just because they're all so long and there's so many people that all have to get their stuff and you see you say that but
2: at the same time if you think back to those those are ones that you raved about because they had those list worthy matches as far as the jump and bomb angels yeah and and then you know way back about that one match (laughs) But that one match made the list. And it was didn't make up the again. list. Yeah. And then sure. it's been brought up several times since then. So without, yeah. without those early Survivor Series, we wouldn't have any of those jumping bombs. No, and the thing Angel is, is, is that, like,
1: for me, I'm watching them out of context of like the time. So for me, it doesn't feel special to see all of these guys in these matches because the way that television was programmed, it's not like today where like there's basically no like, no-name jobbers that get put on to put people over, which is what happened back then. So you wouldn't see all of these guys, like, face yeah. face off with each other um, on television yep. regularly. So, like, that's why I don't get super excited about them because I don't have the memory of, the like, context. being able to see it. Yeah, so out of context, I'm like, okay, great. Uh, there's five tag teams all hanging out on the apron on each side how long is this going to last but you know this i mean this is a such an easy to watch show
0: mm-hmm. absolutely
1: and even uh the match that goes to deq like flash funk gets in and he gets to do some fun impressive moves for people that Snuka, don't remember i haven't seen to do him. his thing snooker has to do the, the splash and he does it and then as soon as he does bring out the chairs let's go to our main event
0: Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? We're there. We're there. All right, fuck you. I think it's time we smart it up. Mm-hmm. So, what are some of the best moments of this show?
1: it back here. Uh, Undertaker, uh, vampire, Batman. Yeah. entrance it's <laughs> pretty, pretty incredible.
2: Getting to see old Phil LaFon. In, I mean, yeah. In bright lights, in good cameras. I mean, yeah. Doug Furnas was there too, but of the two, I think LaFon's more my dude.
0: What else? I'm happy that the whole J.R. heel turn thing wasn't a distraction on this show. Very true. If, if, it, if it even was a thing.
1: Yeah, now it's just like they're cantankerous towards each other or whatever, but And it's not. I thought
0: their interchanges were the whole Sunny Line thing. Like, that made me laugh when it happened.
1: Yeah, they're not overselling it like they were where like, it was taking away from the show. Now it's like, alright, well, I guess you had to do that to establish it but they're handling their their gab much better and we've already talked stone cold
2: and brett being a a list worthy match it was beautiful to see their i don't know their start of their series or yeah trilogy of matches or however many they end up having i I mean
1: and stone cold lost but he's over it's not as over as Brett. Brett's coming back, and Stone Cold proved himself even in a loss, which is what you should do. This is the way it should be.
0: We are the nation of domination. Yeah. Thank God he's not a gladiator anymore. Yeah.
1: It is funny that they described him as a militant. <laughs> but I guess that's, that's the gimmick.
2: I guess it's better than, yeah, describing him as
1: a fucking gladiator that was just dumb yeah
0: I mean it's Ron Simmons mm-hmm.
1: big strong scary guy
0: how about most disappointing fake razor fake diesel yeah yeah it's just like
1: one of those things where it's like I know that they try it but it every time that you see it or think about it or you remember that, that this happened you. you're just like why did you they try as bother? hard as
0: possible not to roll your eyes as yeah hard as possible uh huh I mean, the stalker was like. I mean, I literally had the question like, "How is he a face with the mm. name called the stalker?" Like, yeah, that's it, not a positive thing. It to makes be like, no sense. It's,
1: it's quite a nefarious, uh, nefarious choice to stalk. Something. So best moment, <laughs>
0: him being eliminated and not having that gimmick him. <laughs> it
1: was kind of. It would mean It was nice for Taker to get his win back. But it felt kind of unceremonious. Yeah. He got his uh, win, and then... And by, like I said, by minutes. no means is it a bad match, but that's why it's at the bottom, because these guys have had innovative... Such great matches. ...and, like, high-tension high matches with... It's a, high, it's a high bar. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, yeah, Taker just has to... He's got to come back from the dead and get his win back. So he did it, but you can't just go straight back into a hot angle. So I'd like to see these guys away from each other for a little bit.
0: And I... They will be, yeah, yep. for a little
1: while. There's a reason this was a Survivor Series and not WrestleMania or SummerSlam or whatever.
0: How about Best Performer of the Night? And there's two
1: men, <sighs> and you can do the the, the hand slap, uh, insert hand slap uh, or handshake uh, meme here from the Predator. The, yeah, the, the, uh, um, like the, the muscles <laughs> muscles holding. Yeah, the, the two hands. I mean, in this one, they're both white, but. whatever. They did it together.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I could see an argument for Psycho Sid as well. Absolutely. Because he, once again, he's stepping up to the plate and he's knocking it out. I mean, yeah,
1: I'll give it to Sid just because uh, we can give it to Austin and Brett by default on any show that's that's ever existed, yeah. Until we get to, like, Stone Cold having less matches and just, like, stomping uh, mud holes, but we're not there yet. Like, the injury...
0: I don't know. Mud holes are pretty fun to watch.
1: They're pretty fun. You can see right through them, but it doesn't matter because he was so cool. But, as far as his uh, in-ring work, at the moment, he's still uh, in tip-top condition.
0: And how about most surprising?
1: The, the newbies winning. Yep, right. absolutely. Most surprising is uh, Furnace and, uh, and Crawford. LaFon it like, no. In no way in hell did I assume they would make it to the end. I was like, okay, well, I would hate for it to be the Godwins, and it's obviously not going to be the Rockers. Obviously not going to be our new um, our new tag team. I assumed it would be either the Godwins or Bulldog and Dude, Owen. And, Owen yeah. and no, it was. And it's they a, and they new. didn't get and they didn't get funny gimmicks either.
0: Yes, they were just wrestlers in blue. This most surprising elimination, and I I mentioned it while we were... Hunter Hurst-Helmsley, like, like, he was the second man out of that match. Which, I mean, I know it was a match for Rocky, but just, like, why wouldn't you have Rocky pin your IC champ, possibly, if you're you're wanting to get him over a little bit more?
1: Yeah. I don't think Hunter was in the position where he's like, no, I don't want to be pinned by this guy. Oh, you know what we missed?
0: (laughs) Disappointing. Heart fucking punch.
1: Oh, man.
0: Go go away again, crush.
1: (laughs) Or just get a new finish. Heart punch is just dumb. And he's a large man. He could just do a brain buster and be fine.
0: Do a fucking full Nelson. Like, do a Hercules. Sure.
1: uh, What a
2: disappointment.
1: Yeah, I mean, a guy that big, if he did, like, a a Nelson, like, snap suplex bridge pin, that'd
0: that'd look great. I don't think he'd be able to do a bridge pin. I guess, yeah, he's a
1: large man. Yeah.
2: I don't think he's... Particularly limber. Just put on the Nelson, shake them around, throw them on the ground. That's all you need. Sure.
1: Making their way to the ring!
0: It's trivia time. Uh Uh-oh. This week the category is 20 questions.
1: It's 20 questions, the question and answer program everyone enjoys. Uh-oh, I know whose turn it is.
0: And it's Shane's turn. Shit. So, I, love th-
1: I love 20 questions, especially when I do well.
0: <laughs> so Shane, you have the option of 1 through 12. This is going to be the wrestler that you're going to be guessing. You're going to be able to ask yes or no questions. Each one that you ask is a point taken off. And if you get once you guess it right, that's how many points you get.
2: Let's go for, let's go for a niner.
0: Number nine. Let me, so, go ahead and ask your first question. All right, first question. Were they
2: ever WWE or F heavyweight champion? No. Okay. WCW champion? No. Were they ever in a prominent tag team? Yes. Is it Rick Steiner? No. <laughs> Are they an ECW superstar? No. Okay. Did they wrestle in New Japan or whatever
0: Japan was at the time? Like I will give you this much, shot. I do believe he wrestled in a G1. Japan. Oh, really? He was we never saw him. Okay. I can double check if... Okay, so it was not in the time period that we have covered yet.
1: Yeah, that's what I've found
0: okay. as well. But you kind of got an extra, extra clue out of that. They've
2: wrestled in Japan, but not during the time that we've covered yet. Okay. I sound like I'm asking stupid questions. Have they won the WCW light heavyweight or cruiserweight championship? No. Okay. Swear to God, if it's Hawk again, I'm going to be pissed off. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck it, I'll just ask that. Is it Hawk? No. Okay. Since he was my downfall last time. Is it Beautiful Bobby? No. Okay. Tag team wrestlers. But I haven't specified if it is WCW. Well, I'm guessing WCW just because... A lot of your WWFers don't end up in Japan too often, especially around this time, but I could be wrong. Is it Paul Roma? No. Okay. Do they wear long
0: trunks? As in full pants?
2: As opposed to, you know, the little Speedos.
0: Yeah. Um... Yes. He, he never wore Speedos.
1: Yeah, Kay. I was trying to think if I could picture him in speedo. no
0: Speedos. No speedo. I think we've seen him... I'll give you this much. I think we've seen him both in long pants and in, like, like boxer type. I think we've seen him in both. Hmm. So not to, like, lead you down yeah. one yeah. path or the other.
1: But in my memory, the first thing I think of is his legs covered, personally. Yes. Alright, so I know it's a he... Yeah, it's definitely, it's, <laughs> it, it's definitely, it's definitely not uh, Medusa. Have, have
0: we seen enough women to like yeah. justify doing... Especially
1: in uh, WCW. They don't even have very many female valets. I guess maybe in the early... Those female movies, tag teams Yeah, that
0: uh-huh. were prominent. <laughs> <laughs>
1: tag
2: team. No Speedo. Not Roman, not Bobby, not Hawk. Are they bald, or have a shaved head? Not
0: bald. No.
1: Okay. Has hair. They have more hair than Arn Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a, It's not a skirted eggshell situation. Is it Scott Steiner? No. Okay. Is
2: it Marcus Bagwell? that is correct All <laughs> you
0: right.
1: got it dude i can't believe you pulled that out of your ass like i figured you would have damn that's impressive because <laughs> with the questions you asked marcus bagwell would have never crossed my mind yeah
2: i'm trying to think of i was like that's tag teams
1: from back in the 93 94 i know times, but still like, who the fuck was like there? we haven't even seen him that much it's been in like uh-uh. spurts and like he would have never crossed my mind i would have I don't even know if I would have got to my all-time favorite wrestler, Tom Zink, who was active at this point in time. Mm-hmm.
0: Next week, we're going to go play on Monday night with some Nitro Ooh. from November 18th, 1996. I
1: always get kind of excited when we cover a Nitro or a Raw because I'm like, well, it's shorter than a pay-per-view. And also, i um, like, well, something, had, something good had to happen. Because we don't do every Raw and every Nitro because we care about ourselves. Yes.
0: <laughs> at this point in our lives, yes. yes. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Are we going to cover... We'll, no- we'll, yeah. we'll talk more about that in 97 and 98. <laughs> yeah. One, one, yeah. <laughs> when Raws and Nitros were much more exciting. Yes. Yeah. And you had a new
2: champion every week or every other.
0: Yeah, Matt's going to be
1: like, all right, uh, we covered yeah. this episode. I was like, why did we cover this? He'll be like, because no choppy pee-pee. And I'll be like, God damn it, dude. <laughs> really? Wait That's
2: until why? we go hardcore, and it'll be, you know, and uh, uh, new, and uh, new, and new, and yeah. new, 12 times in one match.
0: Music from this week's show is Mega Breath by D. Todd Sorensen, and Psycho Sid won our main event. So we play his music, Snapped, by Jim Johnston. If you like this episode or any of our other, other ones, please go out there, rate, and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or Spotify.
1: I hear people listen to podcasts on there now. That's what I'm hearing,
2: too. I actually mentioned our podcast, and they I was asked, is it on Spotify? I, actually, yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. absolutely <laughs> is.
0: Or wherever else you find your podcasts at, because I know some of you don't use yeah. any of those. I think I use one called, like,
1: Pocket Cast or something.
0: Pocket Cast good one. Overcast? I, know, yeah. I use Overcast. Yeah. I don't know yeah I just
1: use whatever one's on I keep them, I like to keep it separated I don't want my Spotify to be that's, that's for music that's why Raven's that's favorite the, right Yeah that one's for art and then the podcast one is for podcasts <laughs> which I don't consider art <laughs> He
0: totally didn't get my joke did he
1: I didn't I catch it
0: So if you have any questions comments concerns
2: Hey uh recipes drink ideas where are we going next
0: Florence, South Carolina South
2: Carolina yeah,
0: shoot us, uh,
2: or shoot us, shoot me, just, well, I shouldn't say shoot. Send send us <laughs> some, uh, suggestions. That's a suggestions. Shoot, brother.
0: Hit the send button. Ideas. hmm
2: Shoot uh, an email to our, our email address, slide into our DMs, something like that. We've already uh, done boiled peanuts. Be like Joe. Joe sent us some, some great ideas for Philly, so if you've ever been to South Carolina or Florence or... You went to this next show that we're going to Monday Nitro. Give me some ideas. What'd you have? What'd you What'd you like to do back in 1996? What'd you drink?
1: Hennessy while listening to No Diggity by Blackstreet. Ah, see, I was underage. Sorry. I, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I was I was a rule <laughs>
2: follower at that time. I waited until I was 21, so I still had a whole other year to go before I could
1: legally partake in poison. it was two years. 98 was when I turned 21.
0: If you have any of those, you can send them to us at WrestlingHistoryX at gmail.com or find us on Twitter or X, X or whatever or the fuck it's called. Whatever Elon's decided to call it this week. You're changing the name of
1: Twitter? Yeah. I mean...
0: X.com is Twitter now. It's a
1: dying format that I'm glad I never really used. Everybody, just sign up for Letterboxd. It's the only good social media app. <laughs> How's that help us? <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, you know, so just that doesn't help us at all. Just saying.
0: But you can do that at Wrestling Histo X. That's Wrestling H I S T O X. Uh-huh. Puns. We'll talk to you next week.
2: Later.